Hello, everyone. Welcome to Finding Fandoms. Q Intro. Alrighty. Uh, well, you good? Ev- yep. Beauteous. Well, I'm hello, good too. everyone. Thanks for asking. <laughs> <laughs> You're not the one who who went and turned off a fan. I assume your sound quality is This going to be isn't fine. about you, Maggie. <laughs> Hello everyone. Welcome back to Finding Fandoms where we come at you with another two wonderful episodes of Avatar the Last Airbender. And uh we were talking before we hit the record button because we're clowns. And uh <laughs> <laughs> These are some good ones, just for your mm-hmm. reference here. Today we'll be talking about uh, episodes 17 and 18 of book one of Avatar The Last Airbender, which are The Northern Air Temple and The Waterbending Master, respectively. I personally love these two episodes. Yes. I had a lot of strong reactions in my notes. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, usually I don't write a whole lot of notes, and I'm just mm-hmm. like, I'm just going to watch it, and then whatever comes out of my face when I talk about it comes out of my face, you know? But yeah. I was just like, I, I have so many things to say. <laughs> this is yeah. this yeah. is a lot. Oh, this is I wonderful. Like this is wonderful. This is all I've literally ever wanted. <laughs> it's all I want. This is it. Mm-hmm. All righty. So, uh, I'm excited. Let's just get cracking here with episode 17, The Northern Air Temple. So, at the start of this episode, the gang hears rumors that there are people in the Northern Air Temple. First off, that's, that's like, what the heck? So, obviously, they all go and check it out. They're like, are you guys airbenders? Because there's reports of people airbending around the temple. They go there, and then... They discovered, no, they're not airbenders, but they're refugees. They're just normal people who have learned how to use gliders, much like Aang's glider, to fly around. Uh, so these refugees, they take the gang on a tour of the air temple to see all the improvements they've made to it. These refugees in the air temple have knocked through walls and stuff to make room for pipes, to make room for steam and uh, some very rudimentary forms of you know, electricity and air and that kind of thing. So when uh, Aang is visibly very saddened by the fact that they're, you know, making changes to this air temple, the head architect, the dad of one of the boys in this group, uh, he takes Aang to this room that has a lock on it that can only be opened by airbending to give Aang a little bit, a sense of, you know, peace that something here is unchanged. Something here is still as you would remember it from a hundred plus years ago. And this, you know, calms down Aang for a second here. Uh, however, in a little bit, Teo, who is the inventor's son, convinces Aang to open the room, and instead of it being untouched, it's completely filled to the brim with Fire Nation technology. So it turns out that Teo's father has been building technology for the Fire Nation in exchange for them to leave their little group of refugees alone. So when they find this out, uh, they're obviously really mad at Teo's father um, and then Aang ends up hiding inside of the man's workshop so that he can see the Fire Nation when they come to pick up uh, their supposedly latest invention which is a war balloon 
Aang confronts these soldiers, he tells them to leave, all this kind of stuff, and then they don't because they're the Fire Nation. So they attack <laughs> they attack the people of the temple, and then Aang and his friends end up using this chamber that uh, Teo's father and Sokka were observing earlier in the episode. It's filled with explosive gas. So they manage to, through the use of some wacky hijinks, and, you know, having to try and destroy the war balloon that they were originally going to give the Fire Nation, um, they do uh, end up managing to save themselves and the temple from destruction. However, we end off the episode with uh, footage of the Fire Nation going down into the ravine where the war balloon... (laughs) Going down into the ravine where the war balloon is and recovering it, which, you know... Leaves us on the cute little cliffhanger, and that's where the episode ends. I just spewed word vomit for eight hours because this episode makes me so unreasonably sad, and I don't like talking about. Not that I don't like talking about it, but it just makes me very sad for a multitude of reasons. Yeah, that's understandable. This is like. Should right, we get and- right into it? Because I have many Let's things do to it. say. Go ahead. Okay. Alrighty. I love this episode because I feel like it touches on a whole lot of topics that, like, obviously were relevant when this stuff was made and, like, are still relevant today. It talks about, like, like technology and, like, a balance between preserving culture and, like, ad- advancing culture, you know? And then it talks about, like refugees and their place within like this physical world and within like other people's culture and stuff like that and it talks about disability which is like pretty freaking awesome you know so i just i i like it it (laughs) so my first question is uh what did you think when someone said there are airbenders at this temple what was your first yeah. thought when you heard I that? I literally wrote down, I thought all the airbenders were dead in my notes. And I was like, oh. I, I was like, something's wrong with great grandpappy. Like, <laughs> yeah. he's probably more than a little blind. Um, <laughs> probably just a big bird. <laughs> yeah, probably. A bunch of like lemurs. I was like, something's not gonna go exactly how they like because you know what? That's this show. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. I just know that every time I watch this episode, because it makes me unreasonably sad, but I do watch it. I it always gets me when they're like, "Look, there are airbenders here," and like for a split second, like I always believe them, but then I'm like, "No, wait." Wait. But then you remember. Yeah, and it's one it's one of those things, like, no matter how many times I watch it, every time I just get a little bit of hope, I'm like, wait a second, no, we're on this episode. Okay. Okay. I just want Aang to be happy, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we meet, we meet these people, which, uh, can I just say, already I'm unreasonably sad because we they have their home taken away by the Fire Nation, as one does in this time, because... Mm-hmm. It's unfortunately not an uncommon thing, but there's still living life in this temple and like all things considered, they're quite happy, which. Yeah, they're like super making the best of it. They've like developed new technology, which I feel like is something that 
they haven't touched on a super whole lot in this series so far. Mm-hmm. And I just think that that's super awesome that like they're not airbenders, but they can still do things that airbenders can do. So they're like advancing. I don't know. I don't know what words are necessary for mm-hmm. the thoughts that are in my brain, you know? No, I got you. But yeah. It's nice. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Um, this episode is actually just steampunk, I think. Isn't it? <laughs> oh my gosh. It's the prestige all it's over prestige again. again. Please yeah. do not prestige this air temple. Please no. Also, okay. So I watched this on Netflix and they have that little like picture of like part of the episode, right? And the mm-hmm. picture they had was of Teo and like before I watched the episode I was just like why is Aang wearing that wig (laughs) (laughs) no oh my gosh because he looks a lot like Aang just wearing a wig that's so funny (laughs) why is Aang wearing a wig you know it's funny because on more than you know on more than one occasion in this series, Aang will be wearing a wig. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot more than one occasion. And I'm just sitting here, I'm like, oh, if you think he's the wearing The one a time wig now, he's not, you get it wrong. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's like, can, do we not want to, like, let's not forget from the first time we went to Omashu. Old man. Oh Aang my gosh. With the yes. aquifer. <laughs> and the big old mustache. Heck yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Heck yeah. Um, but I, I really liked Teo. I thought he was cool. And I yeah. like how they just yeah. find a child to hang with in every city they go to. Yeah. There's just you know, always right? an a, a appropriately aged child that's just like, yeah, you're yeah. cool. Let's chill, dude. Let me tell um, you everything about my town. <laughs> yeah. Um, But I really like Teo a lot because it took me a while to realize that he was disabled and like that all their gliders weren't just chair gliders you Mm -hmm. know and i just thought like oh he's just chilling in his chair for a little extra long time you know he's just Mm -hmm. so they didn't like make a huge deal about his disability like they literally Mm -hmm. like said something out loud like once and i'm like yeah Mm -hmm. and that was like near the end of the episode yeah really and that we can get into that part later too but yeah really like Teo like kind of probably like a unpopular opinion those are the words Mm -hmm. that I couldn't think of unpopular opinion I kind of like Teo's dad too because okay hear me out because he's a real person Mm -hmm. you know that's true and he's a good dad so, like, mm-hmm. yeah, he made some questionable decisions, but he was put in a really tight place being a refugee and needing a place to just live, you know? And mm-hmm. so, and he has his his talents and his abilities, and he did what he needed to survive and to keep not only his son safe, but keep all of those people safe. So, yeah, he kind of took on a pretty tough responsibility, something that maybe he shouldn't have done. But, like, who knows where where they would be if he hadn't done that, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was, like, it, a tough kind of theme, but it gives him some 
humanity, you know? He's not just this like, hey, I'm a great dad who does nothing wrong. I'm just a little wacky scientist. Woohoo! You know, like he's just <laughs> a real person, you know? And so that's why I like him. Two things. One, like as a scientist, I aspire to have that same energy as yes. Tony's dad. I s- hope yes. you don't have that same hairstyle, though. <laughs> no! Please but don't. The the energy immaculate 100 <laughs> percent. but um no this is and you know i keep telling you guys this and like this is the first time i think this is not the first time we see it but it's like avatar's not afraid of you know bringing in uh characters who make hard decisions and they're not afraid of they're not afraid to talk about like you know sticky situations especially and i think they handle this episode beautifully and in a way that's digestible for its core audience absolutely mm-hmm. right and you very like anyone of all ages can understand that uh teo's dad is not a bad guy he just had to do some bad things that he thought would be good in the end mm-hmm. you know and i think it's really important that after he like explains himself a, I think it's important that his son was just like, hey, dad, you did a did a bad thing. He wasn't just like, that's my dad. He does nothing wrong, you know? And mm-hmm. I think it's also important that after his dad explained himself, that everyone was just like, yeah, I get it. Now help us defeat the Fire Nation. And mm-hmm. so they didn't mm-hmm. just dismiss him as a bad guy. They were like, we, can, we still need your help, you know? And they weren't like, mm, is he gonna betray us or whatever they like still fully trusted him you know so right i think which we don't get a lot mm-hmm. nowadays mm-hmm. at all and if just someone thinking does... about the time frame this came out for it yeah yeah if someone does something bad they're a bad person and i think it's important to to realize that like if someone does something bad and sticks by that and it's just like, no, that was a good thing. Like, yeah, that's maybe not the best. But if someone does something bad, realizes that that was a bad thing and apologizes for it in a very sincere way, then it's important to realize that A, people can change and B, everyone does bad stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. You know? Exactly. So, yeah. And it's just, uh, I love that. And I love, you know... They they're not afraid of giving their characters depth, as we all know yes. and we all love. And then they're not afraid to kick some Fire Nation booty. Heck mm-hmm. yeah, man! We always, love them always, stink always. bombs. Oh yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> I love the stink. I think that's the most hilarious thing. Yes, and in the series, they're criminally underused. <laughs> like this is the only time we see the stink bombs in action, and I'm like, no, uh-huh. the potential. The potential. What about the slime bombs? I like yes. the slime ones. Incredible. I was about to say, I think I think this is the only time we see them explicitly used. Hmm. But that's incredible and I like how like that wasn't a part of the episode until they used the slime bombs. They're <laughs> yeah. like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, by no. the way, we have slime bombs. This is not something that we need to talk about in excess detail. <laughs> no. I love it. Oh, yeah. No, and, like, this is another one of my favorite things about this series. They're not afraid of technology. Yes. Yeah. I like it. Like, oh, yeah. Like, they're so obviously whimsical and magical and whatever. But, like, here and especially, like, in The Legend of Korra, like, in Korra, they have cars. Oh, dope. They have cars. They have essentially a full steampunk society. 
a steam-powered society and stuff. Steampunk um, society. It's okay. You can say steampunk. It's fine. <laughs> I'm just like, you know what? That's the, like, the aesthetic is so steampunk, but, like, it's an industrial revolution, you know? Oh, yeah. And, mm-hmm. like, they're not afraid. And as, even in this series, like, the the change isn't as huge mm. over a time period as it is in Korra. But, like, in this series, like, you will see the progression of technology. Mm. And, like, alongside a progression of bending, like, literally with Aang and like some other things that are going to happen but just like you know Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. um it makes me so happy because this is the first episode where you really see that yes this exists here and we make it work with our style of living Mm -hmm. and like it's wonderful Mm -hmm. absolutely wonderful yes beautiful i like it and also in this episode, they just had a straight-up war council where they were like, how can I murder as many of the Fire Nation as possible? Yes, really? <laughs> they were like, I don't I like this because like, your weapons are being I used was... for murder. And then I'm like, mm, how can we murder them? <laughs> yeah. I was oh, confused yeah. because they were like, they were actually just killing people. They were actually just killing Fire Nation people. And I don't know. I just thought it was a weird thing for a bunch of children to do <laughs> yeah yeah just, i mean you're not wrong like you're definitely not wrong it is quite the strange thing for a bunch of children to just, just do mm-hmm. um but again with that like you know morally gray thing like the first time i watched this like uh, granted the first time i watched this i was like eight but i'm just sitting here like it almost like for the target audience it like barely registered that like that they were like killing the fire nation i just saw that they're defending their home Mm. it's just like like i think my parents explained this to me and they're just like um you know dia if someone broke into our home we'd like we'd protect you and we're just and i'm just like okay you know as eight years old but being older now it just doesn't sit quite right with me Mm -hmm. especially since they're all like kids for the most part but Mm -hmm. at the same time again it's like the whole theme of this episode I'm doing bad things, but it's hopefully for a good purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But with this one, it's less I openly understand that this is bad. But, like... Because mm-hmm. they don't, like, verbally address it at all. No. No. I don't believe so. In most of the series, they don't openly talk about, like, killing Fire Nation soldiers. Mm-hmm. Very often. But I feel like in this episode, I don't want to say it's a, it was appropriate, but, like, it fit almost with like the themes of the episode it it yeah i'm like yeah. talking about that it it fits and it's like i don't want to say understandable but kind of understandable but the only thing that makes it a little odd is that there's a line where Teo literally says your weapons are like how can i be proud of you if your weapons are being used for or your technology is being used for murder or something like that and then mm-hmm. they turn around and willingly use them for murder but just because they're not being just because they're being used for murder on the bad guys instead of the good guys it's all of a sudden okay Mm -hmm. you know but they're still peoples they're still peoples okay i have a question yes so there's that like room that ang could only get into with airbending how did the science dad get in there in the first place i have that same question okay so, I think there are two possibilities. So, one, like, he did something 
to mimic airbending, like for opening that lock, which I don't think is true because, you know, it whistled when it opened. Yeah. So. Well, if he just like blew into the tube, he just goes, you know, (laughs) just like really aggressively for (laughs) both of them. Yes. So I don't think that's open or else um, uh, he probably had some. Sec- like I'm just gonna guess he probably had some secondary entrance because you remember that Fire Nation soldier came in through. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised okay. if he just had like some like, you know, he- like he just drilled a hole. Yeah, or he had like yeah, a trap door way or something. There. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because like it's yeah. like oh, Dad's going to his lab again. Does anyone ever check where Dad's lab is? You know. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I get that. But yeah, I just, I don't think it's explicitly stated anywhere, but it's it's implied that he has a secret door or something. Okay. Yeah. Question answered. Um, also, the the tanks that the yes. Fire Nation has, those those are pretty cool. They are pretty they cool. They are so scary. And like their animation <laughs> style was like different from everything else in the episode. Yeah. Yeah. It was a little weird, but like they were pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I like them. That's cool. <laughs> um, there was, um, okay, Momo uh-huh. eats bugs. <laughs> yeah. I thought that that was a very important thing to talk about. He eats bugs. Because it was just like, close your mouth or you'll eat a bug. And he just goes, Nom. <laughs> you know, it's just good. Mm-hmm. It was just Momo a does good what moment. He <laughs> well, if he, I think he is like part bat, part lemur, right? Yeah. And that's, that's what we decided. Yeah, he's. I think so. Bugs. He's I a bleemer. 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 <laughs> sorry, this is this. Sorry, this can be cut out. But I just saw this post the other day that was like, you know, it's like the two books, the really big one and the thin one. Oh, the yeah. plot of Avatar: The Last Airbender. The plot of Avatar: The Last Airbender. If you gave Momo a yeah. gun. Oh my yeah. god. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then there was an addendum, and it was the thin book. Uh, 25% uh, defeating the Fire Lord, 75% getting that gun away oh from Oh my Momo. gosh, I <laughs> love it. Like, that's their motivation to go anywhere. It's just like, can you get this gun away from this bleemer? <laughs> this bleemer! <laughs> We've been traveling with him for three months! I love it. It's just like, yeah. it's like Avatar Kiyoshi. How do I get this lemur away? <laughs> I will summon the spirit of Kiyoshi. Yep. Have we seen a gun yet? No, I believe not. Hmm. I don't. Have I we seen fireworks I... though? I feel like we've seen fireworks. We've seen I think fireworks. What so. I don't think, at least in this first season, they have not made the conclusion of gun yet. Mm. Um, I'm trying to mm. think if they do in this series. I can't remember. Do they have cannons? I believe so. I don't remember I so. when or where they like show. There's like a pirate ship. They got it. Yeah, they I was about to say. I think because like I don't know if it was just like a passing like oh it's a ship it has cannons on it you know for that thing but yeah. Mm-hmm. They have things much more terrifying than guns, which we will meet later. And by mm-hmm. things, I mean. But they're like on. Yeah, I mean, they're on things. the path to guns. They are on the path to guns, and I think there are guns in Korra. Okay. I think. Don't quote me on That's that. That's scary. Are there? Are there? Oh like yeah. Yeah. Bullet benders. Would that be a firebender <laughs> thing, or like an earthbender thing? Because metal. 
Bullet benders, I swear to God. <laughs> um, Does the water tribe have water guns? <gasps> Just little squirt guns and then like pew pew! And you're like, wait, that actually hurt! <laughs> Why did that Water benders are... Are waterbenders not just human water guns? <laughs> That's a hot take, and I don't like it. I made firebenders, that take. Firebenders are human flamethrowers. Yeah. They're just literal flamethrowers. They, thr- thr- they throw Literally. flame. You know? <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just want to minorly address the explosion that happened huge explosion huge there was that natural gas and i was just like right that's not good for the environment if it leaks (laughs) but then they like blew all of it up and i'm like that's also probably not good for the environment environment. (laughs) (laughs) and also the people Maybe not good for them either. <laughs> no, 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 no. Also, we got to see how smart Sokka is in this episode. Yes, yes. I, that's another reason why I really like these two episodes is like super lots of Sokka development mm-hmm. and like kind of low-key becoming my favorite character. Not gonna <laughs> yeah. lie. Like, we, like we I finally... kind of really like Sokka now. We finally yeah. put the man in his element. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Steampunk. Because I think I think I like I like Sokka because he's relatable because he's a person. He doesn't have superpowers, but he still can do awesome things, you know. Mm-hmm. And I like that. Like yeah, literally, go, like I vibe with Sokka. I'd vibe with oh, Sokka yeah. in real life. Me too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that's man. I I kind of I'm sorry. Like I kind of forget that this is the start of Sokka's little arc. Yeah. Oh, mm, baby mm-hmm. arc. I love him. Uh, not baby arc, but like, you know, you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's growing. He is okay. baby, but he he's going to be not baby. Sooner or later, <laughs> he'll get there. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. And I just, I think we already touched on disability a little bit in this episode. Mm-hmm. But like, that's something that I'm very proud of this series for, because this episode in particular came out in 2005. And then, you know, Teo's the maybe one of the first but he's definitely not the last character we meet that's canonically disabled so like Mm -hmm. and then like the way they address it like especially for the time like it just is like that that's how they address it like it just is this is Mm -hmm. this is a person and they're doing Mm -hmm. their life yeah it's just it's just important to to show that disabled people aren't heroes for for living with a disability they're just normal people living their life that are just a little different than us and i think that's awesome that they like showed that Mm -hmm. oh yeah no it's beautiful and like very progressive especially for the time like with all of this so yes i love i absolutely love yes Mm All right, uh, unless you have any further objections, are we ready to talk about episode 18? Yes! Awesome. I do not object. <laughs> yes! Heck yeah, that's what I like to hear. Alrighty, episode 18 is called The Waterbending Master. So, after uh, about uh, nine hours of content, the gang finally makes it far north enough to see... What is that? Icebergs? It's cold? <gasps> Poala? 
Yes, <laughs> co co water. Koala otter. Koala otter. Hold on, we will get there. We will get there. Um, the group finally makes it north, where they're just like, "Come on, we have to hit the Northern Water Tribe sometime." And lo and behold, they start getting attacked yeah. by these ice spikes. And uh, sooner or later, they they take down Appa and freeze him. And then some warriors from the Northern Water Tribe roll by, and they're just like. Who are you and why are you here? And we're there like, no, wait, we're the Avatar. Please let us in. So, you know, you let the Avatar in mm-hmm. when he comes, you know. Um, <laughs> so there we. So finally, at long last, they make it to the Northern Water Tribe. Yay! They're here. They're here, Finally. Folks. It's about Yay. time. <laughs> so the Northern Water Tribe is this gorgeous, almost like Venice-like city, but made of ice. With these water canals connecting everything. Um, and, you know, the gang is wheeled in. We see the city in all of its glory. We meet Princess Yue. Though at the time, we don't know that it's her yet. And then we meet Master Paku, who is the premier waterbedding master of the Northern Water Tribe. So Aang and Katara are like, hey, can you teach us uh, waterbending? And he's just like, I can teach Aang waterbending. I'm not going to teach Katara how to waterbend because that's not something we do up here. Uh, so traditionally, women are healers, not warriors. Katara's not happy. I'm not happy. Nobody's happy! Well, yes, but we'll get there. Hold on. But yes, Katara's not happy. So what do you do when you're not happy? You challenge a man to a duel. Absolutely. So she challenges Master Paku to a duel to change his judgment and to demonstrate her potential, you know, as a student. And, you know, she does this. She loses the duel because she's up against a waterbending master. No one is shocked to see that happen. But he still refuses to teach her until he sees her necklace. And what we find out is that Paku is the ex-fiance of Grand Grand. <gasps> Katara and Sokka's grandmother. <laughs> you know, and she also left the Northern Water Tribe because of their uh, oppressive customs. So, between the fact that he was, uh, you know, excited to hear that Kana, the Grand Grand as well, and the fact that Katara is actually a pretty impressive student, he finally agrees to take Katara in as a student. He's like, maybe girls are actually kind of cool. So, uh, in the end, Katara does get... (laughs) Unpopular opinion. (laughs) You know, oh, and before I forget, this whole time, while Katara's like fighting for her right to be a warrior... Admiral Zhao is here. Right. And he tries to assassinate Zuko. Zuko's like, um, no thanks, dude. Zuko is the boy who lives. <gasps> Zuko's Harry Potter. He's got the scar to prove it. <laughs> no, I'm not yes. done with my summary yet. <laughs> um, but anyway, so Zuko, uh, Zhao, as he does, tries to hire someone to assassinate Zuko after learning that Zuko's the blue spirit and just openly defied him from the Fire Nation. So what do they do? Iroh helps Zuko fake his death. <gasps> and uh, Iroh pretends to be loyal to Zhao to help further Zuko's plan. And Zuko sneaks aboard Zhao's ship as they head up to the Northern Water Tribe as well. Also, there's some some pretty cute, awkward, flirting action going on between Sokka and mm-hmm. Princess Yue. We were getting there. And I love it. We were getting there. I love it. (laughs) Not fast enough. I love it. I was about to say, y'all seem pretty excited, so lay it on me. Yes. 
So cute. Koala otter. Koala otter. <laughs> Koala. That's literally the first thing I wrote. Me down. too. It was the most important thing. Me too. <laughs> With also three exclamation points. Yeah. Because it's important. Uh huh. Importante. Think- so not to say that the koala otter is not important, but I cannot wait until you guys meet the turtle ducks. <gasps> I can't, Dia. I can't. <laughs> ah, I'm so excited! One cute animal at a time. <laughs> and first of all, how did the koala go all the way from Australia to the North Pole? Can someone answer me that? Um, Pangea. <laughs> okay, accepted. <laughs> I was about to say, other than the fact that there is no Australia in this world. <laughs> but then how are there koalas? Um, well, you see, there are some migratory birds that... That just so happen to also be koalas. No, that happen to, happen carry, to carry koalas, koalas. all the way to the North Pole. <laughs> it's more yeah. than two unladen swallows flights away. <laughs> I hate you. I hate this. You why, should. Why am I here? My second note is Aang is still wearing his skimpy little airbending outfit. How is he not freezing? I know. Everyone he's probably like fur coats Yeah, on. he's probably so cold. As people who live in Wisconsin, we know how to deal with a good winter. <laughs> yeah. And it's not like that. Um, yeah, no. Aang's dressed like a Floridian out here. Just like, <laughs> yeah. Maybe Aang, maybe Aang's like doing that thing where it's like it's part of my training. It's okay. <laughs> I have to be the water tribe. What? Yes. What? Be the water tribe by putting a coat on? Yeah, really. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just trying to, you know, give you explanations. <laughs> maybe he couldn't find an appropriately orange and yellow suit. Uh, but <laughs> you know, yeah, an orange and yellow fur. Yeah, yeah, he couldn't find orange and yellow fur. Like, I don't blame the man. You can't throw off his entire look. I guess it is. That's why I have letter. four jackets. He has can't a fashion statement brand. to make. Mm-hmm. Exactly, branding is important. <laughs> you know. Yeah, but the whole city is so pretty too. Yes. Oh, yeah. I also enjoy how their like water bending is like I wrote synchronized swimming question mark because it's not swimming, <laughs> but it's also very what? synchronized, and mm-hmm. I it's very dancey and I I like it. Yeah, oh, yeah. it's oh, like yeah. the opposite of swimming. Instead of moving through the water, you move the water. Move the water. Oh. The okay, water okay, I see you. you. <laughs> That's, That's a hot take. Yeah. That's a hot take. <laughs> But yeah, so we we see the Northern Weather Tribe, and we see that it's this big sprawling city, mm-hmm. and you know, I I really enjoy the contrast between the Northern and Southern Water Tribe, because the Southern Water Tribe was obviously hit much much harder mm-hmm. by the uh, by the mm-hmm. Fire Nation than the Northern Tribe has up until this point, which uh, saddens me quite a bit, but. Mm-hmm. It's I, I don't know. It's important. I just wanted to mention. And it. like during their little ceremony to welcome the guests, the speaker was like, "And we're gonna welcome our brother and sister from the Southern Water Tribe," and that like almost made me cry. So sweet, <laughs> so oh, yeah. cute. Yeah. I love it. And like, so they're not 
so obviously the Southern Water Tribe doesn't have royalty, but like Katara and yeah. Sokka are the equivalent of royalty because their dad is the chief of the Southern Water Tribe. Mm, yeah, and their family, true. that is their oh, bloodline. Yeah. So yeah. I was about to say, assuming everything goes Cute. well, Sokka okay. is up to be the next chief of the Water Tribe. Right. So I guess he's not just a little Southern peasant. <laughs> Yeah, he didn't yeah. lie when I mean, he, he did said he was kind like, of a prince. It's just like, no. Okay, so I thought it was really funny. Well, well obviously, Sokka saw Princess Yue and was just like, mm, she's kind of cute, though. And then when <laughs> they were just like, she's of marrying age. And Sokka was just like, I think I'm ready <gasps> to get married. It's fine. I'm just like, Sokka, Sokka, please. It's so cute. I just... Okay, so you guys have met my boyfriend. I love awkward flirting. I think it is the most adorable <laughs> thing ever because, like, obviously you know that you like someone when they're like, I'm not, like, super comfortable around you, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I just think it is the cutest and sweetest thing ever that he's just, like, super awkward and it's just adorable and I love it. I just, mm -hmm. oh yeah, I like it. And it's, like, not weird because they're obviously old enough to, like, have some sort of romantic relationship. Because he's, like, what, 15 and she's 16. So it's not, like, yeah. they're little and it's weird. But mm -hmm. it's it's just cute and innocent romance. Mm -hmm. It's pure. It's so pure. It's pure. so <laughs> pure. Oh, love it. So, yes. Yes, yeah. yes. I love. Um, And I think that... I just love Princess Yue, like She's so pretty. Yes, in general, mm -hmm. and like we don't Elsa. like who? <laughs> Elsa who? Um, in the next, so the next two episodes are the end of season one. <gasps> yes, and yes, we've made it, people. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and then we get to see much more of Yue in the next. Couple oh, good. Episodes. I just, oh yay! I'm I love so her. happy. I love her so much. Cause who is she engaged to? I'm promise you, he's not as awesome as Sokka. Definitely so, not. Get out of here. Sorry, I didn't actually watch this episode because uh, I love it and I know it like the back of my hand. But I guess I didn't because we don't figure out who her fiance is in this one. No, we just no. find out that she okay. has she's engaged. Yeah, that After she, okay. she smooches Sokka, and I'm like, oh, oh, what you doing, girl? <laughs> I was about to say, don't <laughs> does he say, give him? Don't say anything about it. No, I will not. But like, does Sokka give her the little? Yeah, the yes! little carved bear, awkward it's man dude. So yep. freaking cute and so freaking pure, and I ah. <laughs> uh, it's just like, listen, they don't do a lot of romance in this show. I know. Yeah. But when they do. Because <laughs> usually I'm not like, we need more romance. But like, it's just, it's it's like part of a lot of people's lives, you know? So it just makes it, and it's just, mm, it's just mm -hmm. cute. And this one's very believable. Yeah. It's very believable. And it's, and yeah. it's nice to not be like. Kataro's boy crazy and that's the romance thing it's like Sokka's being sweet and, and vulnerable and he's not being his like I'm a macho man self you know 
So Mm -hmm. it's just, it's, it's very nuanced and, and pure. And I like it a lot. Good. I was about to say, I'm glad you guys like Princess Yue. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Cause I love she might be my favorite character of season one. Ooh. And you know, she's people some people think she's too gentle, but I'm like, no. People no, that's people, okay. let her people be gentle. Are gentle. Yeah. Just let people be. Yeah, people. I was about to say that's a that's a take I don't agree yeah. with. Yeah. But But yeah, I love her. I do love her. And that hair. Yes. yes. Oh you wanna gosh. talk about hair loopies? Oh man. Ugh. Like, Ooh. water try women, no. They yes. know. Oh my gosh. And Ooh. we got to see, like, Katara's hair, like, out of her her signature style yeah. for a bit. And I was just like, yes. We haven't even talked about Katara yet. Get that, get that messy hair. We have because so much to talk about. There is so much, there is so much anger that I am having against <laughs> the northern water. The, because, um, you know what? Sexism is not okay. It's just mm-hmm. Hey, Northern Water Tribe, did you get the memo? Sexism? We don't do that anymore. Okay. Yes. Sexism they is didn't canceled. Get the memo. Um <laughs> It's just the it's So um real quick. Sorry, I forgot something. Just when uh I know that in the episode with Zhang Zhang, I told you I'm not gonna talk about her healing because that's gonna be very important. Mm-hmm. This is why it's so important. Mm. Okay. Because it's a big flat point for her. And I didn't want you guys to know if it was a normal thing or not, because it's not normal in the Southern Water Tribe. But it's, it is. Okay. Here. Hmm. So. Okay. Things. Like, I really like that that healing ability exists. I think that's super cool and should be used as something that's super empowering, but now it's being used as something that's very limiting to women. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard because I I can't remember her name, but the 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 older woman who is friends with Grand Grand and like mm-hmm. teaches the the like I like her, but I mm, I just you know it's just mm-hmm. hmm, just let women do like, whatever yeah. the heckles yeah. they yeah. want you know it's really not that hard yeah i'm sure she was raised to think it was normal and like why would i even want to learn fighting healing is so awesome mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like as a person in general i would rather know how to heal people than know how to fight because i just don't want i'm not a very violent person i wouldn't want to fight anyone and i think it'd be super awesome to be able to heal people and help people and but just the fact that it is forced upon a person is what's an issue yeah you know yucky gross stop dad and like do the men have the ability to heal people? Like, do they even know if they could? Because if so, yes, that would be so much more useful, especially yeah. to to know how to do both. Especially if they if they are warriors and if they go off to fight, then they can heal each other or themselves if they get injured in mm-hmm. a battle. You know, so. Mm-hmm. There, it's not like oh, we gotta go back home now because this dude stubbed his toe, you know. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's just no. I got mm. you. It's like it's like cooking. It's a very useful skill to know, 
So everyone should know how to do it, not just the ladies. I do like that. I like that analogy. Yes. And it's not something that you should, like, not like to do, but it's definitely something that you shouldn't be forced to do and just do that, you know? It's, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. It's like cooking. (laughs) Um, English speaking. So, yep, it's, uh, healing is... A thing that uh, it's Im- like it's implied all water benders do, uh, and like you know, with bending, like more powerful benders are more powerful healers. There are quite a few limits on the healing ability, which we'll see later. I think, like honestly, on a battlefield, it's useful, but like not as because like going to a healer is essentially like you go to a healer if you essentially need to go to a hospital. So like. Uh, mm. It's a very like energy consuming process too. I bet. Mm-hmm. I bet. Yeah. So like it's, it's not just like do 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 sprinkle uh, some water on it. You're better. Yeah. So like, because it's just one of those things where it's just like, you are right. It's very. It's like cooking, and it's very useful to do. But like, I'm just sitting here. It's just like it's not like like tactically, it's not a good idea for the soldiers to also be mm. healing like on the battlefield. Okay. Okay. Which like makes it make sense, but like you know, so just so we. I'm just kind of thinking it as like other worlds that have magic and that magic can heal people. Like they can do what the human body can do over time, but it's not something that's gonna like magically put someone's arm back on. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I was about to say. So like it's you know it's it requires energy like all that kind of stuff. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's a very, healing's very complicated in this universe, like very complicated. Um, and I don't think I we bet. get it into just how deeply complicated it is for a long time, if at all, in this, in Avatar. So, okay. yes, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's interesting. And, um, cause like, I'm torn because like, healing is also a sign of a powerful bender. Being able to expend your own energy to heal other people. It's Mm -hmm. like, you know, it's so talented. And I'm just sitting here. I'm just like, like, Katara picks it up in like a day. Like, from the implications of this episode. And I'm just sitting here and I'm just like, you know, I want to keep rooting for her so hard and her healing abilities. But I'm also just so mad at everybody all the time. And I just can't imagine how, like, embarrassing and degrading it would be when she walked into that classroom and all the other girls looked, like, five or six years old, you know, like, children. So Mm -hmm. it's just, you know? I know. I know. No, I got you. And it's just like... Mm -hmm. And, like, I, I don't remember. I think that's a thing where boys don't waterbend until later. Where mm. girls learn how to heal really early on, which, like, you know. Because girls mature faster than boys. Mirroring the mm-hmm. real world. That's totally a thing. That's scientifically true. Um, but, um, English. But yeah, no, I, yeah, I have a lot of hot takes about her fight with her could have been grandfather. She is a feminist queen, <laughs> and we also love Aang. For standing up for her and being a feminist as well, you know, because he was just like, I'm not going to train with you if you're not going to treat my friend equally. 
Mm-hmm. And then Katara was just like, no, you got to think about yourself for right now. But also she is awesome. And yeah. I love her. So I just like the whole fight with Master Paku. I just have a really big issue with like in general. And, like, I just, stop me if you have something else you want to talk about. But like, I just at first, like being older and having thought about it, like it's not this. But like at first glance, it seems like the only reason he took her is uh, because, you know, she's Kana's granddaughter, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. like makes me very angry. Like in hindsight, looking at it, it's, it's like kind of implied that like, oh, no, he's just like, it's just like it took him a second. It's just like, you know, she's powerful and he knows the consequences of like the culture of the Northern Water Tribe. So he's just yeah. like, I see. But at the same, but I'm just like, hmm. yeah, like, you know, it doesn't. Yeah, it's great with me. As I was watching it, it was like one of the only reasons he actually stopped and thought about his actions is because he realized that this girl was related to the woman he once loved. And that's the only reason he starts to have sympathy for her or empathy at all. It's very very bad. It's very Snape like it's very Snape like which Dia will understand. Yeah. And I am just not it's. It's unclear whether he has an actual, like, change of heart and change of opinion about Mm -hmm. the culture as a whole or as of just Katara as an individual. It's unclear as whether he's overlooking her gender because he has different ties to her and she's good at waterbending. She's one of the good ones. Yeah, she's one of the good ones. Like, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll give her a pass. Because she's good for a girl, you know? Mm-hmm. Or if he's starting a, a a change of culture and a movement in his, in his tribe, which is important as well. So mm-hmm. I definitely still don't like him. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just going to tell you guys now, just to like, just to like let you know, that it is, because like, it is the start of a gradual change. Okay. That's good. Yeah. It's gradual. So you know how you know how these things are. It's just like it doesn't change overnight, blah 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 mm-hmm. blah blah. But and like oh everyone knows I don't like Snape. Like Ugh, I don't care. Me about either, him. dude. And I don't find his I don't find his story compelling. Not at all. Oh, I liked your mom. Like you gave him the redemption arc, you should have given Draco the kid who ha- yes. who uh Honestly. experienced and should have learned better. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. but uh, but anyway, but like, yeah, so Paku, we'll see how he redeems himself later, but like, he is, you know, he's just in my head. He's just the embodiment of, you know, like the, the old white guy who's like, and like, like, I, I like him. I do like him. At the end of all of my watching, but it's just like, what a first way to what, what a way to start, my dude. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yes, there needs to be a pretty severe arc there for me to <laughs> like him at the end of this. Mm-hmm. But I I trust the Avatar process. <laughs> I trust the Avatar process. They're I, good you know, at arcs, and they are stuff. quite good at arcs. Yes, they are very good at arcs. I'm just so happy that we're here now. We're at the mm. Northern Water Tribe. Yes. Because uh, I don't know if you've looked at the title 
of the next two episodes. Mm, no. No. I was about to say, because uh I'm just gonna tell you what it is because you'll see it anyway. It's uh so Spoiler The title. Um <laughs> so it's the next two episodes uh is a two parter. Um <laughs> as most of the finales are. I think all of them are actually. Uh and it's called The Siege of the North. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, I stressed them out. I'm sorry. Oh boy. It's fine. Um, Everything's oh, fine. It's gonna be <laughs> fine. Um, nothing boy, is going to go wrong. <laughs> no, nothing goes wrong. Absolutely nothing. They're going to be. They're, they're, nothing. They're I, the verified avatar expert, verified, <laughs> um, say they're fine. So obviously, okay. they're fine. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. But, you know, I just, uh, I'm just so in love with Water Tribe, like, you know, like. It's so cute. Culture and motifs. And mm-hmm. they're based off the Inuit people. And I'm just, I love. I yeah. Love so much. Mm-hmm. And I, I really like that they had the, the, like, necklace carving culture as part of, like, an engagement gift kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's very sweet. Yeah. And so Kana ran away from the Northern Water Tribe to the Southern Water Tribe. And maybe, maybe. she ran away to be with Popo. I'm, mm, that is a possibility. I was one, mm. like I was actually wondering about that. Like for your guys' <laughs> point of view. I'm just like, do you think Master Paku is Popo? <laughs> no, he's not Popo. Because <laughs> yeah. literally, when you when you said like, "What if Popo is their granddad?" Like the first time you said that in like episode two, I'm just like, "Oh my gosh!" Oh, I can't. I can't <laughs> wait till we get here. I wonder what's gonna yeah. happen here. I mean, yeah, he definitely kind of is the devil. He's kind of terrible. Yeah, but yeah, I don't. I don't think so. I don't know. I don't know. No, I think Grand Ran ran away from Paku to be with Popo. <laughs> yes. I support uh, that theory. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I just, like, that's been in my mind since, like, episode one of this show. So I'm just like, <laughs> all right, <laughs> all right, let's see, let's Lovely. see, let's see what happens when we get there. Okie mm-hmm. um, We haven't talked about Zuko at all. No, we haven't. And I just, I knew you had so much rage at just the water tribe. So I'm just like, let's just. Let's just let it out. Let's talk about Zuka. Yeah. Because I, I always excited. love to talk about Zuka. I am so excited for his arc. I can smell it coming. There's, there's something <laughs> I know, great just happening. Just around the corner. And just around the river bend. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, but before we talk about Zuko, I need to talk about the pirates. Oh, the my pirates gosh. The episode, yes, right? they are the same pirates. And you're supposed to know that they're okay, the same pirates. First of all. First of all, I hate the little monkey parrot thing. Yes. It's the grossest thing I've ever Terrible. seen. Terrible. I do not, not like Not a it. fan. <laughs> I also do not like these pirates because they'll just do anything for money. And also, didn't they I find I do it... not like them, Sam. I am. <laughs> Bruh, they're they pirates. they suspicious that a Fire Nation soldier person, leader, was telling them to ambush a Fire Nation ship? They're like pirates so they obviously are like whatever corrupt people are fine <sighs> right? <sighs> right and also 
it's Zuko the Exiled Prince's ship. Yeah. yeah. It's not like they're attacking another Fire Nation general. It's Zuko. So, like, but again, I am upset. Yes. Pirates are not really the epitome of a moral standpoint, you know? Yeah. That might be a hot take, but I don't think so. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. Unpopular opinion. I don't know. I think pirates, pirates are the most morally straight people on the earth. <laughs> morally right? correct. They are like the moral role models. Of though, as a little kid, I always wanted to be the Robin Hood equivalent of a pirate, like the pirate equivalent of Robin Hood. Like yes, I let's steal from these big trade ships and give to poor citizens. You know, I kind of uh, like honestly love the whole like like pirate aesthetic and lifestyle, <laughs> but I don't I don't agree with thievery. So it's a very conflicting. <sighs> notion it's a time it's a time it sure is yeah but i'm excited yeah because obviously from day one you all were just like you love zuko he has an arc and i'm like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. at this point this series is 15 years old it's unavoidable that you know this but this series is older than my sister oh my god (laughs) at least this season is Oh my god, that's yeah. right. Yeah. I have cousins younger than this. <laughs> oh my god. But yeah. But no, like Zuko, I'm just sitting here like this cuz like you you start to see you know, cuz before this you're just like Zuko is angry constantly. Mm-hmm. But between like this and the blue spirit you start to go like oh, he does mm-hmm. what he wants and his morals are strange. And he's actually quite smart. He's very smart. And right now he's very selfishly motivated. But that also puts him against the Fire Nation. So I think right now we're like, are you a good guy or are you a bad guy? Because, like, I'm, I'm, we're obviously rooting for the gang to, like, Mm -hmm. win. But we're also super rooting against General Zhao. So it's like, mm-hmm. kind of want Zuko to win so Zhao doesn't. But also, no, that's not what we're going for, you know? So <laughs> it's it's confusing, but I can see why... I can start to see why people like him. In the words of my uh, 17-year-old sister, he's complicated. <laughs> <laughs> well... That's her favorite excuse for all her characters. Who isn't, though? Exactly. But, yeah, no, he... Yeah, so we we see... We see this, and then... uh, Can we talk about Uncle Iroh? He's... Coming in clutch. Yes. So I like Uncle Iroh for... So he's also the same kind of thing as Zuko, where he's like against the fire nation so we like him but he's not as selfishly motivated he's on the same side as zuko because he cares about his nephew and he doesn't agree that he should be exiled and stuff like that so i think that he has a he has a kinder and more selfless disposition so i think that's why i like him I don't know. I'm kind of pulling mm-hmm. things out of my butt, but it's working, right? People think I'm <laughs> totally. smart. 
Cool. It's working for the content. Woo. Um, but no, I'm very excited because especially in season two, we get to see uncles, a lot of uncles history. Mm. Cause we know some things we know, um, are that he is the dragon of the West. Dragon. And at one point he was a great fire nation general. And at one point, he was in line to be the Fire Lord. So that is what we know at the moment. And I'm very excited to see what happens. Like, to see how you look at what happens. Because there's one episode in particular that I cannot wait for y'all to see about Uncle Iroh. I'm excited. Because I'm very excited. I, I, I am a fan of this tea dragon dude. Tea dragon. Except for the that one episode that we don't talk about. But other than oh, that, yes, he's great. That we no. don't talk about. Or when he was looking for the pie show tile and it was in his sleeve the whole time. Yeah. Well, that's kind of a silly old man thing. I'm okay with that one. <laughs> yes. That's that's like, silly old man. Every time I see that, not I just... Pervy old man. Mm-hmm. I just bang my head on the table. <laughs> I believe that's the only time Uncle Iroh is remotely pervy. So yes, that's I think good. we're okay. That's good. Good, good. But yeah, so uh, I'm so happy that you guys are as excited as I am. Yay. And I can't wait to hear about, <laughs> to hear what you think on those last two episodes. Yay. Yeah, that's coming so fast. I was about to say, I, I don't like to do this a lot, but I, just from hearing the title and, you know, just in your head, knowing what's going on in the Northern Water Tribe. I just I want some predictions for the end of this season and where you think we're going in general. Okay. I am predicting some pretty freaking awesome looking bending on both sides. Yes. Of fire and water <laughs> and some air too cuz yeah. Ang's my boy. Um I'm expecting some naval battles as in some mm-hmm. ships and stuff. As far as, like, personal plot lines, obviously I think Aang and Katara are going to learn how to waterbend, which I don't even know why Katara needs to be taught, because obviously she's pretty freaking awesome as it is. Obviously she's amazing. But, you know, it's fine. Everything's mm-hmm. fine. <laughs> um, I want Sokka to, um, I, I want Sokka to kiss the princess again. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I don't know if that's gonna happen. I want, okay, I at least want Sokka to, like, punch her fiancé or something. I think that'd be funny. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't condone violence. Okay. Um, what if? But, like, it would be satisfying. It would be very satisfying. <laughs> be. I think something's gonna happen between Sokka and her fiancé, whoever it is, you know? Yeah, what if it's Zuko? Is that even possible? I don't know. <laughs> What if I think I don't know. I don't know. What if it's Aang? Because they're like, you got the married to Avatar <gasps> now. True. <laughs> Actually, are no, because the air nomads aren't allowed to get married, are they? Because aren't they like monks? Yeah, I was gonna say I don't think so, but, but like, and how I, do they make but... more air nomads? Because like, I think, I think like. Aang very specifically was on track to be like a monk monk. Yeah. But like, you know, 
airbenders have but like i'm but assuming like... not all of them are monks only the really powerful like benders or something and they can choose only to be monks. only the monks are monks yeah <laughs> i was about to say like they yeah because like you know in all the airbender scenes that we've seen so far there's like that little like monk council mm-hmm. yeah so i'm that, assuming like... like the monks are just like the head like the government but like there's different towns and stuff that are like not monks okay within the temple and stuff and like familial units and stuff you know okie dokie all that good stuff yeah but yeah marge what do, i'm just do you have anything that you yeah can so that okay so there's gonna be that battle right mm-hmm. but but like okay so now that the fire nation doesn't have that guy supplying them with stuff i mean i guess they have that hot air balloon oh, but also yeah. all of their stuff is based on fire so i don't know how they could possibly win because they're in the middle of an ocean mm. so, it's gonna be a little bit wet <laughs> It's gonna be a just little a little sticky. bit, <laughs> a little slippery. <laughs> I see. Yeah. And maybe we'll probably see some Zuko scenes where he's like in the middle of the war, but he's like not really trying to kill anybody. He's just like, yeah. I gotta go sneak and find the Avatar and kidnap him or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, Zuko is gonna do some cool stuff. There's gonna be yeah. some. Uh, Maybe he'll be the blue spirit again. Maybe. That would be cool. I would also like to see some cool Sokka fighting. Some, like, practical non-bending fighting. I think that would be really cool. Mm -hmm. Not just launching his boomerang and praying. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe not that. (laughs) I love him, but, like, that boomerang. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Sorry, my brain's just buzzing oh, I bet. because I know what happens I and I'm like, should we? I'm sure we're right on every one of our predictions. Yes, especially the Popo. Of course. One. Yes, always. 100%. Especially. I think Popo's going to erupt from the center of the earth and rise through the ocean into the middle of the water tribe um, city and he's just going to kill everyone. Oh, yes. yes. Have you ever seen? The spirit of Popo does, in fact, become a giant spirit monster. Mm-hmm. And just destroy the Northern Water yes. Yeah. And the Fire Nation. But, you know. It is canon. It's just like the end of Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> I don't if know. If anyone has is. seen that, which I know neither of you have. I was about to say, like, what? What is Cabin in the Woods and why are there spirit monsters destroying things? Okay, so. I guess that's it for y'all today. So, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Finding Fandoms. It is imperative now more than ever to watch the episodes before you listen to us like i assume you do but like this is the point where i'm sitting here like okay you you can't be spoiled on the majority of the rest of the series otherwise it might ruin it for you so like vehemently watch it because it's great and it's on netflix but yeah, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Finding Fandoms. If you want to talk to us, and we love talking to people, you can find us on Instagram most readily at Finding Fandoms Podcast. There, we'll let you know when things are coming out and all that kind of stuff. Um, and we'll let you know some other fun things. You can also find us at Tumblr at FindingFandomsPodcast.tumblr.com. And we have a website! Ooh. So you can also send us a message on there. You can find out more about us as people. And if you look around, you can find some funny things lurking but yeah thank you so much 
for tuning in to another episode and uh as i always say don't die um don't be sexist (laughs) and boys are gucky facts (laughs) bye 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 everyone editing maggie here sorry if you noticed any of the audio issues we were having i did my best to get rid of them but you could probably find them if you're really looking and one of those audio issues is that evie's mic kept stopping recording at random times so as a treat here's some audio of me and dia laughing at nothing (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like just imagine like a hot yeah. wheels <laughs> fire nation tank. Uh yeah, I don't know what was going on either. But now have some regular bloopers. Uh the uh the the cut that out please. Oh boy. <laughs> no. <laughs> Editing Maggie. No, just in the bloopers, cut that out, please. <laughs> cut that out. Honestly, cut it out. In past episodes where you guys were saying like, "Sorry, editing Maggie," I've like edited in editing Maggie saying, "It's okay, it's fine." <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh I love it. <laughs>